Okay, we are in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, and as you can see um, from, from our chart that we have been using, uh, chapter 4, again, is still part of Moses' first message or first sermon to um, the sons of Israel as they get ready to cross into the promised land um, to take possession of the, Lord, the land that the Lord has provided for them. So we're in, in chapter 4. Uh, chapter 4 is a really, really, it's a really long chapter. It's 49 verses, um, and, and the message will actually end in, in verse 40. So the last time we were here, which would have been about three weeks ago, um, in Deuteronomy anyway, uh, we covered verses 1 through 8. We'll do 9 through 24 tonight. Next week is the Christmas program. I encourage you all to come out for that as well. Um, and then in a two weeks, December 17th, uh, we plan to finish up this first message of Moses um, in Deuteronomy, the first of the three. So uh, all three of these messages are designed to encourage and to exhort the children of Israel to remain faithful to the Lord as they go into the new land as they go into the promised land. So, so last time we had um, uh, verse 1 of chapter 4 is really a good example of what that means, a good summary of what all of this message is and really all of these messages are. It's really a good summary of, of Deuteronomy, and we had that last time, and it's this. And now, O Israel, listen to the statutes. And the judgments that I am teaching you, and do them, so that you may live and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. Of course, there's a lot more detail in, in this message than that, and there's a lot more detail in Deuteronomy. But, and now, O Israel, listen to the statutes the judgments that I am teaching you and do them. And so that's, that's pretty important um, because he says this as well, and we covered this last time, you shall not add to the word that I command you nor take from it that you may keep the commandments um, that the Lord your God, that I command you, that the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you, you shall not add to the word that I command you or take away from it. In other words, all that the Lord commands um, is important and so that you may keep. Another way to say that is this, in order to guard the word of the Lord, the word, the commandments. And so, don't take away from it, don't add to it, guard it. So this is what this was our main focus last time. Guard the, the words of the Lord or the Lord's words. Um, and that is how you will live. If you guard the Lord's words, and that is how you will go in and possess the promised land. Which brings us to tonight. Um, uh, Deuteronomy 4, 9 through 
24. And before we turn to that, though, when I'm, when I'm preparing to teach, often a, another passage will come into my mind, often from the New Testament, and then it just sticks there as, as I am preparing. And, and that shouldn't really be surprising because uh, much of, actually much of the Old Testament is, is dependent on Deuteronomy, and much of the New Testament is dependent on Deuteronomy. And so... Um, it, in this time, a passage in 1 John actually came to my mind, specifically at the end of uh, 1 John, at the end of John's first letter. You can turn to it if you want to. I'm going to put it up on the screen. But here it is. It's the, it's the last three verses of 1 John. And it says this, We know that we are from God. And the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Notice what John says there. We know two things. We know that we're from God. And we know that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So there's, there's just really two ways of looking at the world. We're from God. The rest of the world lies in the power of the evil one. So just think about what that, what that means as we live out each and every day. Those two things. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. But we're from God. And the next verse. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. So, so we know more things here. John goes on to say that we also know this, that the son of God has given us understanding. That we know him who is true. We know the one who is true, which is God the Father. And we know he is true through um, Jesus Christ, uh, his son, and we're actually in him. We're in God the Father, in Christ Jesus. He is the true God, and he is eternal life. So they're just amazing verses of assurance for us. As we look out at the world that's in the in the hands of the evil one, in the power of the evil one, that we're not there. We're in God. We're in the one true God, and we're in Christ. And we have eternal life. And then, out of the blue, seemingly, John closes the letter with this. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. So after all these words of amazing assurance for us in believers. Where does this come from? Little children, keep yourself from idols. It's easy to just go, huh, that's an interesting way to close the, to close the letter and then just move on from that. Um, it, it almost seems like it is out of place to say all these wonderful things and then... Little children, keep yourselves for idols. Now, we might think, well, John wrote this 
in the first, first century, and so they're in the Roman Empire, and there are all kinds of pagan worship going on, and there are idol worship going on. Um, but we've moved beyond that. Um, and, you know, even, even we're just more enlightened now. We know that, that we don't have any idols to worship. There are no carved images around here that we worship. But also, by the way, um, this verse translated by the New American Standard is this. Little children, guard yourself from idols. Actually, of course, this sentence is not out of place. Um, It is not something that we are beyond. It is not something that we are more enlightened uh, than. And John's message here really isn't all that different from Moses' message in Deuteronomy. Just think of this in, in Deuteronomy. Moses saying something like this. We know we're from God. And the whole land we're going into lies in the power of the evil one. We know that the word of God has come to us. And it gives us understanding. It's our wisdom. It is our understanding. We know the one true God who is our life. He's the one true God. Very much like, very much like this. And by the way, little children, when you go into that land, guard yourself from idols. Very much similar to what we're going to run into in Deuteronomy tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 4 tonight. So uh, let's, let's go to our text for tonight. If you don't have your Bibles open yet to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Um, do that night, do that now. Um, and last time our, our, our focus was guard the Lord's word. And tonight the focus is going to be guard yourself. You know, we often hear some things like guard your heart. Um, so what does that mean, guard your heart? It kind of means like put up boundaries around your heart um, so that things can't infect it. Uh, tonight, guard yourself. It could be guard your soul. It could even be guard your life, whichever of those you prefer, because they're all in um, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 9 through 24. In fact, guard yourself or something like that is in these verses three times and very, very emphatically. And two of those times, the sense is this. Guard yourself like your life depends on it. Because it does. Uh, And that is the sense. So that's the big kind of takeaway from tonight. This. Guard yourself like your life depends on it. So the ESV, if you have an ESV Bible, which we normally use here, has this section in two paragraphs. Um, we'll use the first paragraph break, but, but we'll add one, a couple of verses before the end. Um, so we'll have, th- we'll have three breaks tonight, uh, and this is what, what they'll be. 
So guard yourself like your life depends on it, lest you forget. Verses 9 to 14. Lest you make an idol, verses 15 to 22. And lest you forget. So that's, that's not a typo. That is, that is the same thing. It's really a summary of the, of the verses that come before it. The last two verses. Um, so the number three is like a summary of one and two. So let's begin. Guard yourself like your life depends on it. Lest you forget. Only take care. This is the ESV. Only take care and keep your soul Diligently, you know, this is a, this is an ESV is an excellent translation, but but sometimes um, in teaching uh, it it helps to make a make a give better understanding to to do a more literal translation. So I'm going to do that. So it uh, it helps us. I think in this case, it helps us understand the overall message more clearly. So, so a more literal translation would be this. Only guard yourself and guard your soul very carefully. Guard yourself and guard yourself very carefully. So this is like the strongest way that you could say that. Um, guard yourself. Pay attention uh, be on the alert. Beware. Because your life, your very soul, is at stake. So, the question that always strikes me in the New Testament that Jesus, that Jesus has, says, every time I think I pause on it, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? That's kind of the sense here. Your soul is at stake. So we can all see the value in guarding ourselves. Um, And especially as we look out and we think about the whole world being in the power of the evil one. Has that ever been more apparent than now? That the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So, guard yourself. So what are we, how are we to do that? What are we to guard ourselves against? And this might seem just kind of funny. Only guard yourself and guard your soul very carefully lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen Unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. So you guys might be much different from me. Um, maybe you've never forgotten anything. Um, so I, I am amazed at the, the memories of, of some of you. I mean, it is, you're, you're striking. But I'm pretty sure that most of you have forgotten. Maybe all of you have forgotten things. Um, and... He's making some a really big, this is this is to lest you forget what you've seen. So just because you've seen the Lord work doesn't mean that you are going to remember it. And it doesn't mean that you won't forget it. 
And it doesn't mean that you might, won't forget it at the most important time. So I've got a, I've got a note in my Greek New Testament, and it, it was in my reading a couple days ago. Um, it's, at the end, it's towards the end of Luke. It's at the res- after the resurrection of Jesus. It's when the women come to the tomb, right? So this is in Luke 24. I'm going to read it, um, and then I'm going to then I'm going to talk about this this little note that I made in my Bible. So this is this is the women coming to the tomb, and they arrive at the tomb, starting in verse two. And they found the stone having been rolled away from the tomb. And when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came about while they were at a loss about this thing. Behold, two men stood over them in shining clothes and becoming afraid. And when they became afraid and they fell down on their faces to the ground, they said to the women, Why do you seek the living one with the dead? He is not here, but he has been raised. Remember. How he said to you, while he was in Galilee, the Son of Man, it is necessary for the Son of Man to be handed over into the hands of sinful men and to be crucified, and on the third day to be to rise again. And they remembered his words. And so my little note on there has to do with, we need a reminder, right? Being reminded, they remembered. So remind them. Remind them. Just because we know God's word doesn't mean we won't forget it at the most important time like this when Jesus has risen from the dead. And that's because remembering isn't merely a passive thing. Remembering can take prompting. Remembering takes hard work. It is not passive. It's active. And it's harder for some of us than it is for others. So so here's really a challenge for us. Um, because it's not, it's not a good excuse to say, well, I just don't have a very good memory. That's more of a reason to work hard at it. It doesn't say, guard yourself lest you forget, unless you don't have a good memory. Guarding our lives is 
hard work. And remembering, remembering is the key to guarding our lives, is the key to guarding our hearts. So we're to pay really, really, really close attention to beware, to guard ourselves, lest we forget, guard yourself like your life depends on it. And that's what we're supposed to do. So Moses has been telling them to remember the things that they have have seen, that they should trust the Lord, that he will fight for them, uh, that they should remain faithful to him because they've seen when it happens when, when they don't, and they've seen what happens when they do. And he's going to remind them of more things that they've seen here in a few, in a few verses and that they should never forget. So how do we guard ourselves? How do we make sure that we don't forget those things? Well, over and over again, Scripture tells us ways to remember things. And probably the most important one is right at the end of this verse. Make them known to your children and to your children's Children, Tell them to your children and tell them to your grandchildren, which, of course, we would want to do. We would want them to know. But I I think it's important for us to realize this, that it's not just about telling our children so they know. It's about telling our children so we remember. Um, So Israel is to remember the things that they've seen with their eyes, and they have seen a lot. Uh, But Moses has one important day in mind. So remember this. Don't forget this. How on the day that you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, well, that was 39 years ago. Horeb is Mount Sinai. It's where the Ten Commandments were. And this is what you saw. The Lord said to me, Gather the people to me that I may let them hear my words. So they're, they're not to forget that they stood before the Lord to hear his words. That's the reason they stood before they, him was to hear his words. And, and this was a life-changing event for them. So, so if we're believers in Jesus Christ, we have had, by definition, we've had life-changing events events or a life-changing event. God has given us life-changing experiences. So we could say the same thing to ourselves. Don't forget. Don't forget what your eyes have seen. Don't forget your Mount Horeb. Don't forget what it was like so for many of you, the, the most life-changing experience that you have had would be when you came to faith. Um, some of us don't really remember when that was. Um, not really sure when that was. But if you remember it, think about it. Where were you? Where were you standing? How did the Lord let you hear his words. How did that come about? What do you remember about that? 
How often do you think about it? How often do you tell others about it? How often do you repeat it to your children? I'm not sure exactly when I was born again, but I can tell you that I have had life-changing experiences. And one in particular, I know exactly where I was. I know exactly who was there. I know exactly how I came about to hear his, his words, God's words, exactly. How often do I talk about it? Once in a while, not enough. Right? I don't repeat it over and over again to my children, but, but we should never forget those, kind, those things, what God has done for us. So why does God give us those experiences? Well, it tells us right here. So that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth. So that you will learn to fear him all the days that you live on the earth. And that you may teach them to your children. So there that shows up again. Teach them to your children. So if you were here on, a few of you were here on Wednesday night this week, um, I referred to, so, so bear with me because I referred to another passage in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. Um, actually, I shouldn't say bear with me, because I'm going to remind you um, what, what Deuteronomy 6, uh, 4 to 9 says, and, and why this is maybe the best example for you to think about as you think about how you're to tell your kids and your grandkids about the Lord. Deuteronomy 6, 4-9. The Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. Now the, the word picture that is given there in Hebrew is... The picture of someone sharpening a knife. Teach diligently, sharpening a knife. What you do when you sharpen a knife? What do you do when you sharpen a knife? You go like this. Over and over and over and over and over and over again. And what do you get when you're done? A sharp knife. You shall teach them diligently. You shall repeat them over and over and over and over and over to your children. You shall talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise and you shall bind them as a sign, like a bracelet on your hand and they will be like frontlets or like a headband between your eyes or on your forehead and you will write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. 
Guard yourself like your life depends on it, because it does. Guard your children's life like their lives depend on it, because they do. So we'll have to pick up the pace a little bit. Um, We have 16 verses. We've done two. And you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while the mountain burned with fire to the heart of heaven, wrapped in darkness, cloud, and gloom. So you can find this this whole account, the longer account, in, in Exodus 19. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire, and you heard the sound of words. But you saw no form, there was only a voice. And he declared to you his covenant which he commanded to perform. So his covenant is, that is, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. So he declared to you his covenant. That's why you were there at Mount Horeb. Um, So we will get, the Ten Commandments, by the way, that that are mentioned here are, they're in Deuteronomy chapter 5, and we'll get to those um, after the New Year's. Uh, after New Year's Day. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you the statutes that you might do them in the land that you are going over to possess. So what is that all about? Why is Moses teaching statutes and rules? And why are we to remember what we've seen? Why are we to remember what we've heard? Why are we to teach them to our children and our grandchildren? Why are we to guard ourselves? Why? Lest you make an idol. Therefore, watch yourselves carefully. You can probably see this coming. This is the ESV. Therefore, guard yourselves very carefully for the sake of your souls would be a literal way to say that. Guard yourselves very carefully for the sake of your souls. Guard yourselves very carefully because your lives depend on it. So why? Since you saw no form on the day that the Lord spoke to you at Mount Horeb out of the midst of the fire, beware, that's the ESV's word, lest you act corruptly by making a carved image for yourselves in the form of any figure, the likeness of a male or a female. So what is actually prohibited here? Is it, is it, is it against this commandment to have something carved in your house, like something of art? That's, that's not prohibited the word here, that there are a lot of words used for idol. This is one of them. This particular word is always used for an idol. In other words, when it's, it's never used um, for some kind of a piece of art. It's always used for an idol. Um, so we are from God and we know the world, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Little children, guard yourselves from idols. 
the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water under the earth. Just notice how extensive this list is. Don't make any of these things, any of these creative things. There are lots of potential idols around. And as if that were not enough, and beware, lest you raise your eyes to heaven. And when you see the sun and the moon and the stars and all the hosts of heaven, you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them. So there are plenty of things around to worship. And anything that would draw us away from worshiping the one true God is an idol. So what does that have to do with us? We're not tempted to do this. I'm not tempted to do this. But there are plenty of people right now who are tempted to do things like worship creation, worship nature, worship the universe, worship Mother Earth. Those are all in here. But, but the one really big one right now is our society is obsessed with self-worship, with worshiping ourselves. I'm a sovereign citizen. That's what I am. I'm autonomous. I have my truth. I decide what's right for me. I decide what's right and wrong. Is that, is that new? That goes back a long ways. <laughs> I decide what's good and evil. So, um, Albert Moeller, two days ago, on Friday, um, um, talked about, about this. That it is built into people to worship. We all are, God built us with a desire to, to worship. So just think about, there's, there's nobody out there it's not worshiping. There are no human beings out there that are not worshiping. They're all worshiping. What matters is where they, what they worship. So uh, in this, this section by Albert Moeller, he talked about the Gen Z people. So I had to look that up to figure out what that was. It's people who were born between 97 and 2012. So they're, they're young. Okay. So, and, and, there's a study out that, that says, or there's information out that says that the, the, the people in this generation have, are, are reporting to have sacred and, and spiritual kind of experiences. Um, and maybe not connected to a church. Maybe not even connected to, and, and most of them don't have a Christian background. Um, and so his point was when we hear that, that people are out there searching and, and having spiritual experiences, that should not encourage us. This is an old thing. This has been going on forever. And anybody who is out there having spiritual experiences and worshiping, and it is not the one true God who we know through our Lord Jesus Christ, is in the power of the evil one. So we shouldn't be encouraging, thinking, well, the Gen Z people, are, are they really out there searching? Not necessarily. They're not out there 
searching. This is, there have always been things like this to draw us away from God. Opportunities to worship other things. What is that? That is an idol. Um, and so um, where that really hits us, you know, a few years ago, it was um, 2016, Elise, I think it was, Fitzpatrick, came out with a book called Idols of the Heart. Um, based, I'm sure, I, I haven't read it, not recommending it, the title stuck in my head. Uh, it comes from Ezekiel 14. Um, anything that draws us away from worshiping the Lord alone is an idol. Anything that competes with him is an idol. This morning, if you were in Sunday school, Randy mentioned one right now that people worship. Um, Taylor Swift. Um, connected with sports. Sports can be an sports are an idol. Retirement accounts can be an idol. Um, all kinds of things. Anything that makes a, that takes our Worship off the Lord can be an idol for us. And so is it any wonder that John closes his letter with this? Little children, guard yourself from idols. So it's really time for, for me, doing this is a time for self-examination. Might be for you, too, because... You know, as I'm preparing for this, I'm thinking, you know, I know that. I know that I have had idols in my life. I know that's the case. I know that there were times when I would say, yeah, I just can't give that up. I just can't. I can't give that up. So if we're thinking like that, maybe you've never done that. I've done that. I mean, it, honestly, when I look around, I say, yeah, I'm tempted by idols all the time. Is there anything that you need to guard yourself against? For me, there is. There's no doubt about it. So, what, another way to think of it, what draws you away from loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and Strength. What what takes your strength? What takes your mind away from? What endangers your life would be another way to say that. What endangers your life? So how do we go about this? How do we guard ourselves? How do we how do we make sure that we guard ourselves? Real quick note about this. Um, some some people think that this would mean that that things that the Lord your God has allotted to the peoples under the whole heaven, um, regarding the sun and the moon and the stars, did God give them to worship them? No, they, God did not give them to worship them. Um, Daniel Block, who was here a few years ago, you know, you know, makes that point clear. These are. It's not that he says, Israel, you're my people. 
and the other nations belong to the stars and belong to the sun and the moon. No, he says it the other way around. The sun and the moon have been allotted to the people. They're a sign of God's creation. They they rule over the day and over the night, and they're the things that declare the glory of God. They've given them as a sign to the... God's given them as a sign to the nations. So, uh, let's go on. But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be the people for his own inheritance as you are this day. Furthermore, the Lord was angry with me. So this is to remind them something they're not supposed to forget because of you that he swore that I should not cross the Jordan and that I should not enter the good land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance. So don't do something like I did. For I must die in this land. I must not go over the Jordan, but you shall go over and take possession of that good land. And the last point, it's only two verses. Guard yourself like your life depends on it, lest you forget. And again, this is a summary. These two verses are a summary of what you've already heard. Take care. Guard yourselves, more literally, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you. And so when you go into the new land, guard yourself. Don't forget that covenant. Don't forget what you have been given. Because if you do, don't forget that covenant and make an idol. Lest you forget and make an idol. So it combines the two. Make a carved image in the form of anything that the Lord your God has forgiven you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. They've seen that on Mount Horeb. A jealous God. That closes our section tonight. So, back to 1 John. Little children, guard yourselves from idols like your life depends on it. So let's um, have our final hymn. Um, I'll pray and then we'll have our final hymn. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. Um, And again, ask you that you would make it stay in our hearts and that we would learn the importance of remembering what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've read, the very words of God for us on a page. Lord, we pray that, that we would take it so seriously that it is so important to us that we realize that, that what this means for our lives. To have your words and to do them. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.